I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hey everybody, this is Craig Custance, and joined as always on Tuesday during the American edition of the Athletic Hockey Show by co-host, I would call him, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Begrudgingly though, Sean Gentili. I, yes? You were like, you were six inches from saying sidekick there. I, I could sense it. <laughs> it was, I was cycling words, like you could see it, it was like the, I spun a wheel in my head. Sidekick was not one of them. Here I am with the scrappy dude to my Scooby Doo, Sean Gentilly. <laughs> um, we are load. We producer Jeff loaded us up with an incredible show today. Um, our guest during the second segment, none other than Matthew Kachuk from America's team, the Calgary Flames. Um, Sean's favorite team in the NHL. <laughs> for for so many reasons too. Yes. Um, um, yeah. No, what we're talking about. Guys, get ready for this. 90 minutes of analysis of Will Smith versus Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. It's the hot topic that's no. on every it's on everybody's minds, and we're here to break it down. I think the world's already moved on, in my opinion. That's yeah, that was the joke, Craig. Oh. God, I'm a joke explainer now. Buddy, buddy, <sighs> you are pissing you are pissing me off this morning already. Watch out. We're also going to be joined by Joe Smith, who covers the Tampa Bay Lightning for uh, a publication I like to call The Athletic. Joe, hmm. I'm excited to bring him. Joe's the, actually on the Zoom right now. Wait, wait, wait a second, second. Wait a second. Yeah. The, the, the Atlantic? Mm. Oh, no. Gosh. <laughs> the Athletic. Um, so, that'll be good. We're going we're gonna to talk Lightning, but I think we're going to branch out. Um, but... But first, I mean, we, we do want to acknowledge uh, Eugene Melnick owner of the Ottawa Senators died and um, you know it's a complicated complicated one to talk about for sure I, mm-hmm. I liked um, Ian Mendez wrote a column posted last night 
it, Ian is so good. We know Ian's good. Um, he just always seems to find the right tone. Is is such a pro, but without a like, but um, and this is just generally. But he wrote this story in a way that I thought was fair and appropriate. Without without, you have to acknowledge that this guy was not a popular owner hmm. by the end. Um, seemed vindictive, froze out. Like Ian is as professional as you can get, and you know Ian wrote about it and it was interesting. Like stopped responding to Ian. Um, it was complicated. People are complicated, but I thought Ian handled a difficult subject well. I don't know if there's anybody that's better suited to write about the complexity of Eugene Melnick than than Ian Mendez, because you look at the top of the story, and again, this is a must read for anybody yeah. who maybe isn't completely aware of Melnick's tenure or his legacy, or especially over the way things have gone in the last five, six, or seven years since the centers have you know, gone in the tank post Carlson and Mark Stone and whatever else. Uh, Ian certainly has seen both sides of that guy. Um, whether it's in, you know, Ian opens up with Melnick doing something very gracious and nice for his daughter when, when she had, when she had to have a pretty, a pretty serious operation that, that that's, you know, the head side of, of Eugene Melnick and, and Ian, and Ian saw it up close. And then the tail side again is somebody who was, who was pretty pretty vindictive and and um, the last ten years or so of his of or we'll say the last six or seven years of his of his tenure as owner was disastrous mm-hmm. and embarrassing mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, right? And that makes for a very complicated <laughs> obituary or very yeah, right, very right. complicated right. very complicated. Um, a complicated legacy, honestly, yeah. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a complicated set of uh, actions and, and characteristics, and 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 uh, and you know, it's it's a it's a tough one to work through. You throw in the fact that I, I mean, he died. It, the The sense that he was he had faced a lengthy illness, which we know now, mm-hmm. we were unaware of that until uh, largely until uh, the news that he had died came out so there was no there was no run-up to the uh to to the eugene melnick reckoning in the public eye right and i think sometimes that happens if if this if this were a public illness if we had known that he was ill um i think it would have been there would have been some it would have been easier and, and people would have had more time to parse how to do this sort of work today right but we didn't, and with other with other people whose legacies are less complicated than Eugene Melnick's, who have less less to sift through. I don't th- I don't think that would have been as much of a challenge. Mm-hmm. But for Ian, to who has a, a, a wild amount of personal history and professional history with this man, for Ian to sift through that in a matter of a few hours mm-hmm. and come up with something that I think hits on all the right notes. And again, he's uh, ten thousand times more. Um, qualified to speak on, right. on on the man than than we are, but for him to do that good of a job in that short of an amount of time is 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 really impressive. So that's on the site, yeah. Um, and Ian can say it a lot a lot better than we can. Right. I mean, my mind, and we talked about this earlier. You know, you, you think of his family. There's a family mm-hmm. involved, and you think of the heartache and what they're dealing with today. And and we'll have time I mean, to dissect always, the legacy. I think appropriately. That's a tough thing. Yeah. That's that's a tough thing to see when people who, you know, 
are public figures who aren't just lightning rods, but who do uh, he he done some <laughs> he done some publicly openly very questionable things right. and made a lot of people and made a lot of people unhappy. And you know, and uh, and for when someone like that dies, especially now, I mean, it's a tough with with the way the way media consumption is and, and all that. It's a tough it's a tough thing to reckon with. And the thing I think something that everybody always has to remember is, you know, regardless of what you think of a person, they had a family and they were loved, and you know, it's just something you got to remember because it is it's tough when you see someone like Eugene Melnick who has spent. The last 10 years, you know, it, there, the top line stuff is so bombastic and crazy <laughs> that, 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 that it's easy right. to lose sight of the fact that they're on some level that, that this man was a father and a grandfather and, and had that and, and, had, and had people, you know, close to him who cared about him because like, it's like the, it's the Eric Carlson investigation and it's the Mark Stone disaster and it's, it's the, it's the arena, the nonstop arena bullshit and yeah. it's. You know, talking about moving the team during during an outdoor, outdoor game, game. like, I, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, right? And it's it's the it's the it's the 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 Ukrainian hacker thing with Travis Yost, which like, if you want a crazy story this this afternoon, Google that. Like, there's uh-huh. top line crazy things about this man, right? And that completely dominated the narrative. That overshadowed, you know, the person that he was to people close to him. It overshadowed, I think, some of the work he did with children's hospitals and 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 stuff like that because that because <laughs> because the stuff that we dealt with as hockey writers was so ridiculous and and so centered around 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 him right so to see it you know I, that is that is, is to see some balance pop out in in these remembrances and these obituaries of him is is helpful i think because i it was it was very very easy largely because of his own actions if we're being honest here to lose to lose sight of you know the human being that that actually owned the team well said sean uh so yeah read read ian's piece it's 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 well done and um there is no way great segue to joe smith from Mm -hmm. talking about you you mentioned he's a lightning rod uh sean A Tampa Bay Lightning Rod. Um, hey, buddy. How you guys doing? <laughs> hey, Joe. Great, uh, great. We were, we were, we were really. We had five more minutes to wax about about the death of a, of an NHL owner. You know, tallied in, but we we broke it off early. How do you like leading off before Matthew Kachuk? You got a. He was really good, Joe. By the way, so yeah. I hope you brought a lot of energy. This it's time. hard. Well, like in bowling, I'm usually the anchor, so I'm usually the one that you know kind of finishes it off. So this, this is weird for me to be a leadoff person for this, but I I guess when you're okay, wait. So, so when you're so you're the anchor, you're the anchor for bowling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if I'm leading something off now, so I'm making a. Kind of a you got the karaoke, karaoke bona fides, unlike anybody i know honestly yeah that's fair bowling karaoke like what other what other like (laughs) i like i don't want to call them bar games because that's not right but just sort of like sort of you know hobbies like that are we are we into shuffleboard like what joe's good at shuffleboard I guess shuff- mm-hmm. we have a table and uh, we put it in our backyard yeah, for parties, shuffleboard table. Yeah, not quite Pierre Lebrun <laughs> level uh, at his cottage, but we have our shuffleboard. Cottage reference. Oh Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Ding. Ding. Pierre Lebrun's cottage. Never been there. 1122 Boogie Woogie Avenue. Never been there somewhere <laughs> somewhere on the address. That's his address. Oh, okay. Do some can jam too. Have you played can jam before? Oh, can jam's can- a great game. Can jam's yeah. the greatest. Especially 
being close to the beach and everything like that, you know, it's uh, it's a great place to spike ball. Uh, I bet you got a spike ball uh, sand pit in your backyard. No, no sand pit, <laughs> but definitely played at the beach before. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Can jam, karaoke, bowling. Okay. So the, uh, Sarah Sivian tweeted something out like, you know, I want to rank my colleagues on who I want to hang out with the most on the yeah. road. And she said, people don't, I, I don't know if people appreciate this. She's like, Joe's at the, gotta be at the top of the list. And I didn't, I don't know if she ever actually did any rankings, <laughs> but I did see this exchange because he's up for anything, anytime. That is so true. Joe, oh. let's just talk about Joe Smith just being up for anything, whenever, at any hour of the day. Well, I think that was reference to like, uh, her and her boyfriend were up in their Torch Lake in Michigan. Um, my, my wife and I were in Traverse City or Leland Peninsula for our annual like weekly trip to my uncle's cottage up there. And so we're like, hey, you should meet up. You know, we're really close. And she's like, well, you can both get on a boat with us. Our friend has a boat. Let's go on a boat. And so we drove like an hour from like Leland to go on the boat with them and hang out. So that was my joke that who's best to have a beer on a boat with of your colleagues. And it was me because probably one of the few to do that. But um, <laughs> like, so. that's, like, that's <laughs> like you're on vacation with your wife in co- some colleagues. Like, come, yeah. come, come on up. No, it's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm in. That's it's, it's, I love that. Like whatever the opposite of that, that's me. I'm always like, no, no. I think I have time for the whole weekend. I think I can see you once for a year. And Craig's like, no, I'm too busy. Nope. No. Nope. Um, I can't. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Is that you know the worst colleague to have a beer in a boat with? Max Bolton. Oh, the worst. Oh, the worst. Oh, speaking him. of Max, great story today about his trip to Sweden. Max crushed it. If you like Max, as much as we hate to compliment him because he's such a bad person, <laughs> um, mean. But and but he really did a great job, Max. He, it, if we, you know, we've all talked about this. We all missed going and doing proper journalism stories in the last two years. Joe, like Joe, Joe is as good at this as anybody is going on a trip and writing something unique. Uh, and maybe I'd like, like we can even start there because you've started doing that again and it's fun. Um, it's a blast. I went to open Max, too in Sweden. Yeah, right. Yeah, and Max yeah. just went over there and like, filed like can fifteen I, can I, stories. Can, what? Can I go to Sweden? This is Max <laughs> went to Sweden. Joe went to Sweden. We know if we send Joe or Max over, we're going to get our money's worth. <laughs> oh, I think on some level, you know with me too. You know you know that you won't. I got very so, lucky. Like Victor Hedman's dad was my kind of my Uber driver the whole time. You know, that's right. and showed me around. Like he yeah, basically showed me, showed me around. Yeah. So like it was, uh, it's, I mean, Max's story was terrific. Um, we talked about that with the weekend. I was in Detroit for the game, the game. Um, but yeah, it's, oh, you were? You should have yeah. called me. I would have met up. Yeah. You were free all weekend, right? You were just laying around. Yeah. <laughs> um, Definitely didn't have anything important going on at all. Which, which, what's your favorite one of those? Like, which, which of those, like, embedded? I like the one you did with the Lightning Scout. Like, that was, I thought that was, re- like, in terms of recent ones. But, I mean, the, the work you did going to Sweden and being driven around by Victor Edmund's dad. And that town has produced, like, 10 Hall of Famers and there's population 11. Like Naslin, Forsberg, like it's like uh, insane. Like it's in Naslin, I met with him, met up with him like for lunch at Mamma Mia's is that pizza place that they, or Italian restaurant that they all would go to after, with the cup afterwards and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it's, it's such a, it's a cool, it's tiny, like, you know, blue collar town, but it produces all these um, NHL stars, right? And you never would understand why, but I guess they were all playing from a young age and, and uh, the guys who were before the Sedins were paid forward. So they come back in the summertime. And so Hedman was like seven or eight, he'd be able to play with a lot of these stars that came back. And so it's kind of like a bigger Hedman 
has a place there, obviously. And his parents still live there and are able to go see his childhood home and where he still has a Norris trophy in the his childhood home where it's in the living room where they have a showcase and that's where the his Norris trophy is, you know, and that's pretty cool. Um, that's amazing. Crazy. I, my, I had a version of that. I went to, when Rob Blake made the Hall of Fame, I went to his parents to live in the same farmhouse in, uh, you know, Ontario. I'm sure there's a proper name for this city. Yeah. It's Canadian city, whatever it is. Doesn't, doesn't Tiny matter. little town in Ontario. I, at least I mentioned the province and didn't say Canada. Um, and mm. like they, it would be, it was like humble farmhouse. Things hadn't changed in a hundred years. But also a Norris Trophy or whatever, you know, like yeah. random, like hockey royalty, a like humble, a humble farmhouse. Yes, <laughs> Rob Blake's Rob Blake's mother was churning butter outside of outside of the homestead. And then it's like, oh, there's the Stanley Cup next to the fireplace. You're like, what in the world? Like it was, and they would, it was awesome. Like you, I just would walk around looking for like clues that a one of the greatest defensemen ever played there. It, it was awesome. Yeah, those trips are. are why we do our job, right? We, we enjoy doing those kind of trips. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was in Ovik for when they were in Stockholm, they had the global series there. And so I was like, just took a, a short flight to get there. My flight was diverted to a smaller town. And so I had to go take a bus from that town to Ovik where Victor had his dad picked me up and then we showed me the childhood home and then went to the different, the rink moto where um, obviously the top, you know, factory, at least before of NHL players. Now it's kind of on a, a downswing. I think Norlander is there from the Canadians, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. but the scout one was fun I mean, too. It's, a kind of, it's the work that I think people can start doing again. Yeah. Like it, it kind of yeah. came up that that's the state of all this came up yesterday because I was talking to Haley Salvian about about the Matthew Kachuk interview, right? And and I was, I was just saying like uh, Craig Craig's never talked to him. Like I I was maybe in a scrum with him once or twice. And and Haley was like I he was she was like I don't know him either like mm-hmm. i <laughs> i've i haven't had a one-on-one with him it's been zooms and Ugh. and whatever else and that's sort of like that <laughs> that's a reminder that hey, this, this is Haley's second season uh-huh. in yeah. calgary and she is and she is a great reporter who's really connected to that team and she has had minimal one-on-one time with matthew kachuk because that's just that's just the state of things that's the that's the way it goes and like neither of us neither of us knew him either yeah. we had no yeah. experience with him whatsoever and that's because you know, that's sort of the way it goes. That's sort of the way it goes when yeah. you're when you're when you're not in a locker room. I have a, a reference to that too. Like you know, and obviously it's different because I've covered this team for a long time. But um, it was the second boat parade that they had for the Lightning Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. and after the zooms, the first playoff round, and then then obviously last playoffs were more um, had to watch the games in person. But uh, boat parade had wrapped up. They all were getting off into the, the trolley to go back somewhere else, and. I just saw Steven Stamkos and so I just shook his hand and said, congratulations on two cups. I haven't seen you since the, the first one. I hadn't seen him in person since the, uh, wow. the bubble, you know, um, you That's know, because you had the zoom interviews and you had like, you know, stuff like that. But the only times you'd able to see them were being, I mean, yeah, you were, and you were in the, you were in the, you were in the bubble too, at least. Well, like, I was in the bubble. I didn't go. Or weren't you? No, I was in Canada. Oh, in Canada so a lot of us couldn't get in. For us. The Americans, oh, they wouldn't God, let us that, in. That's what am I saying? That's right. So we had obviously great coverage out there, but you know, covering games off TV and zooms, um, is quite a uh, no, experience, it's you know, it's great. Um, never better. You're also, you're also doing something that you haven't done in a while which is covering a team that lost you know whatever six six games out of ten or whatever whatever that little skid they were on six out of eight i mean that's like that's foreign 
that's foreign territory for you at this yeah. point. It's been it's been like how long has it been since there's especially I mean look, but before the show, Joe is sending us you know some some tweet replies yeah, the from fan bases handling from this really fans well. who are who just they don't they've clearly forgotten how to handle this right like this team is this team has been too good in broken brands. Can you read some of those mean? I need somebody to read the mean tweets because it's I got them. All right, I got them. I got them on Slack here. Do we have guys, intro music? What's the mean tweet theme song? <laughs> This is uh we we won't read the we won't read the names because whatever they do absolutely nothing pathetic this team has no fire pure trash this is on pure March twenty fourth they want pure they want trash the letdown also, your, your two time it need, rating it needs to be <laughs> also also needs to be said that they've won their last two games so, so I wonder how uh, this guy's feeling I, 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 hey hey. Ho ho, John Cooper's gotta go. Yeah, baby. This is indistinguishable from parody. Like if yeah. if you invented a, an overly aggressive, ridiculous tweet from, from a pissed off lightning fan, that's exactly what it'd be like. Wow. Winless since we acquired Hegel and his losing mentality in Chicago. This is this is, <laughs> I agree. That skid was all Brandon Hinkle's fault. <laughs> Poor guy. He brought the losing, the loser stink of the Chicago Blackhawks to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm not what you know. Wild what, card. What if he did? Wild I'm, card. I'm, I'm, that one might be real. I think uh, he he brought it's it's contagious. You well, he Nick brought Paul, the losing Nick Paul came mentality. From Ottawa too. Nick Paul came from Ottawa too, right? So. Oh my God! Ugh, too much no, losing. Uh, yep. All right. Go ahead. That's definitely that's definitely something that that's definitely something that happens. Those guys walked in the locker room mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and Andre Vasilevsky were like, I don't think we know how to do this well, anymore. You, this, game, you guys you guys feel weird? I feel weak and powerless. It's <laughs> because Brandon Hagel's standing by them. Wild card at best. Oh. First round exit, maybe in a sweep. Yes. <laughs> at best a first round sweep. This is great. Because <laughs> one they lost gonna, six of eight. Lose in- <laughs> Well, now they yeah. they won two straight now. They're losing in so three. They, they won the last couple of games and they play Carolina tonight. So it's maybe it's back on the if they beat Carolina tonight, all of a sudden maybe the narrative changes there. I mean, this you know? is it. If they beat if they beat Carolina, here comes Cup number three. Yeah. And if they don't, they're losing in three games in the first round. I want to check they in play. if they beat Carolina. I want to check it back in with these three or four people. Read the last one too. I don't have it in front of me, Craig. Oh. Re- really, if they, if they didn't, didn't have the best goalie, the rest of the team looks like crap. <laughs> like, the, like, like all they have is Vasilevsky. That's kind of true, but that's like one of, at times. But that's true for everybody, and that's one of my favorite lines of logic that pops up and yeah, it's yeah. and it's not just with fans <laughs> it's with it's with it's with analysts media. too it's yeah it's with it's with media who are just like well whatever like the rangers suck how good are they if you remove vasilevsky yeah. and braden Point yeah. and Kucherov, yeah. yeah. they're average yeah right well if my if my, if my aunt if my aunt had wheels she'd be a wagon like whatever he's on the team he counts he takes short the rangers he takes short from the bulls and the bulls aren't that good are they anymore are they you know <laughs> like sorry the rangers oh, the rangers have igor shesterkin like that matters yeah. uh he, yeah but if they didn't he's part of the team i mean it's worth checking in with you at this point because i you know like you said they won they won two straight but like how are hagel and and nick paul how, how they looked over the last over the last handful because that is that's a that's a big yeah you know that's a that, that's a big undertaking to incorporate those guys in a real way over the stretch yeah and, and people forget that when Coleman and Goudreau came in it took them a while like it took them took Blake Coleman through the pandemic pause to kind of feel comfortable and they didn't start coming mm-hmm. to that line together until mm-hmm. the bubble right so it takes guys you know you're each guy's had different you know there's families or moving everything from across the country and like they have to adjust to a new system and then they're both on the penalty kill they've been terrific on that way. 
Um, but at least with them, they've been good the last four or five games. They've been fitting in well. They've been not being played a ton of minutes. They've been giving them way to ease in. But um, if they're going to go where they want to go this year, they're going to need guys like that to either play on a checking line or the penalty kill or whatever. And um, there's a reason why they paid a lot of happy price for Brandon Hagel, and they'll have him for the next three, four years too under contract. Um, especially if you lose Andre Pilat in the offseason because, you know, it's too expensive. But uh, overall, they've been good. And I think they'll fit in well with the, the team's culture here and um, trying to find some balance up front, which has been important since they lost that Gord line last year, which they kind of still been trying to replace since then. I'm glad you brought that up about the, the adjustment because I don't know if you, you and I are – I've talked about this with people, but they maybe that those trades don't look as smart if they if it wasn't um, – if there wasn't a pause yeah. and they had a chance to practice with the team going into mm-hmm. the bubble. Like there were a lot of things that were out of the Lightning's control that ended up being o- pretty okay for them in terms of getting those those players integrated into the lineup in the yeah, team. Yeah, Coleman had like, like one point in his first nine games in Tampa when he came over and then yeah. – you know, obviously it was, a, you know, his wife had a baby right when he came back over to Tampa. So there's this huge life adjustment, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's a lot of pressure coming in at the deadline, especially when the cup, you know, team going for a cup wants to bring you in and, and put you in the light up and play an important role and that kind of thing. But, um, but yeah, I think for them, they'll, they'll be fine. I think. I mean, the same thing happened to Blake Coleman in, in Calgary too. Like he, he got off to a slow start and everybody loves, everybody loves, everybody loves Blake Coleman, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, he's a perfect hockey player. He, he skates and he plays hard and he scores and whatever else deserves a contract. They don't want a cup without him, whatever, but it's worth, <laughs> it, it's, it's worth remembering his start in Tampa and then his start in Calgary. Like even these guys who are clearly like major, major, major components of competitive teams, it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't happen right away for them. I. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not overly worried about 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 uh about Brandon Hagel. Fifty three percent expected goals percentage. That's fine. I mean, he they hit a couple couple rough games. You know, in terms of actual goal percentage. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't worry about him all that much. They have time. That's it. They've there's still twenty game or whatever eighteen games left in the season. Like it's okay. It's the, another example of you know when the GM says tries to make expectations right he's like we're not gonna do anything at the deadline we're not gonna do anything at all we're with no cap space can't do anything and then makes two trades you know it's one of those things where yeah. um got the got the steve eiserman the steve eiserman background yeah. where he's just like no we're not we're not no, we're not doing no anything. space can't why, do anything why, why would why would we do anything it's impossible yeah why are you even asking we have no, means, we have no money <laughs> get the hell out of here actually <laughs> leave me alone why are you here why are you on my computer right now <laughs> but obviously you know, all joking aside, it was they recognized the need on this team as good as they are and as good as they've been. You know, especially with look at the Eastern Conference, it's going to be such a gauntlet this year. You know, Florida added up. You know, um, Carolina's yeah. really good, and they feel like it's their time. You know, everybody feels like it's their time, right? You know, um, going to the playoffs, and so you have a team that the Lightning, who's already had their time, you know, twice in a row. <laughs> It's going to be it is very li- it is over, very literally baby. there. <laughs> yeah. They're over fire John Cooper or whatever yeah. whatever buddy was saying in, in the in the Twitter replies. So like keeping it real then Joe, do you think they're capable of winning a game in the first round or is is a sweep probably kind of like lose the, the Maple Leafs in two or whatever whatever. You can't lose in two. You can't you can lose in two and they lose in two. No. Um no, I I mean whether they can win it all again, it'll be raised to be seen, but yeah, I, I think if they're healthy and they're all together and they obviously have Andrew Vasilevsky still on their team, I think, you know, they could go on a run again. It just matters of staying healthy, I think, for them. But um, all the matchups are going to be tough no matter what. If you have them in the wild card and they play against, you know, Carolina or 
What? Anybody, yeah. anybody who ends up pretending to know anything about the Eastern Conference is going to be lying to themselves. Like that, that, that whole group yeah. at the top. I mean, I, even if you want to extend it down to down to Washington, because they've righted the ship a, l- a little bit, a little bit recently. I mean, there's eight really good teams there, and in, in five, like probably really, really good teams, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know anything. I do know that only one team has won the last two Stanley Cups, and only one team has Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. That's that's for sure. But imagine if they didn't. Yeah. But what How if they, they didn't? Brian Elliott's pretty good too. He's been playing well. So, um, but oh, yeah, really? Yeah, he's he's on the team too. But um, <laughs> I, honestly, uh, I, I didn't know that he'd been playing well. You could have fully could have you could have told, buddy. You could have told me anything about the way Brian Elliott's played over over the last however long. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay. Well, I wonder if Craig's perspective on this too. Like, you look at some of the old Wings teams. Like, they won back to back cups. Like, there's going to be a stretch where like it's hard to get up for games in February. In the middle of 11 100%. games in 11 different cities. Do you think the Lightning care about these games you know, right like now? They don't. You know, like obviously they care to being like professional and, and you know, one of them wants to get their butts kicked, but like I think the whole focus is getting better for the playoffs, right? And so, and making the game ready for them. Like I'll talk to Jeremy. I'm not sure how many, I don't know how many teams in the Eastern Conference really do care about what's happening right now because like stuff just has seemed locked mm-hmm. in for for so long. You watch these games, it's been whatever, six weeks, eight weeks. It really does feel like we're. It feels like we're treading water here. Not everybody can be like the Vegas Golden Knights and fighting for their playoff lives, right? That's true. They have to win. They have to win. Who care? Who cares what the, what these Eastern teams do? They're just jockeying for seeding. Yeah, everybody's in their own spots because you know, unless Columbus goes on a miraculous run or whatever it is, you know, no one's going to take Tampa out of a playoff spot, right? So it's just a matter of them playing up to what they want to do and. You know, it's, yeah. Much it's, as we all, much as we all love Elvis Merzlikens, yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that's happening for him. Well, how about this, Joe? Because we we got to get to the Matthew Kachuk. I feel bad. Like I want to sit and talk to Joe Smith for the whole podcast. Um, yeah, Matthew. But we want to get to Matthew, Matthew. Kachuk. I know. He was good though. He was. Good. I want, he was. Ve- he was. He very was great. Good. So I'm excited to get to that. Um, and maybe we've asked you this before. But what is your go-to karaoke song? Let's let's end this the way we brought. I it know in. this answer. But go ahead. Oh boy. Well, I like to say it depends on the crowd because you want to like you know the, the environment. Mm. I'm more of a stage presence versus my singing voice thing. So I think you know <laughs> you know Jill Coast on charisma. Be the title of the podcast. Like <laughs> yeah. um, oh go to you know usually go to is Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. But um, uh-huh. by saying that in Ottawa one time and people were like so young that they didn't, you know, remember 1994. So it was a long oh, time brutal. ago. That's brutal. So I had to go like with a newer song. But that one. You've got a, you've got a ballad in the bag that I've, that, 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 I've, that I've seen you perform. The slow song. Which one? Oh, hmm. I'm trying to think of which one would be. Like a rock try, ballad? I don't, don't want like, to, uh, to try to blow up your I'm not trying to blow up your spot here. Uh, is it the meatloaf song or no? Wait, you get up there and do a 45-minute song? Yeah. That's <laughs> so, gutsy. And to close out the night at 9 o'clock, because he's going to do a three-hour song here we go. with Joe Smith with minutes. Paradise by oh, the Dashboard that's Light. It. Me and you need to do Paradise by the Dashboard Light during yeah. the playoffs. I'll do the, I'll do, I'll do the, I'll, I'll do the, woman, I'll do the woman's part. It'll be great. No, my wife and I, that's our duet, is I'll do anything for love, meatloaf. So, uh, R.I.P. So, um, but... Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. That was the our second date or outing like i lost a, a bet over michigan basketball game um uh, michigan indiana mm. played basketball and we bet on it and uh indiana went out to 45 to three run or something like that and beat michigan and so i had to sing a karaoke song a karaoke song for choice at the next time we went out um and uh she gave me three choices like Wouldn't. backstreet boys something else but i picked this one because it's sentimental to her and her family and i went on stage in gulfport 
Florida and sang 13 minutes of I'll do anything for love. Um, who wouldn't, wow. who wouldn't marry you after that? Come yeah. on. So, that. I'm not saying it sounded great. Um, but, um, give it a shot. Right. That's, so it's all, it's, it's all about stage presence. Yeah. That actually, that brings us into our, our, uh, our meatloaf in memoriam segment. It's several months late, but we've been working on this for a really <laughs> long time. Jeff spent a lot of time. R.I.P. Meatloaf. Uh, R.I.P. Meatloaf. Well, Joe, thanks for joining us. Um, Absolutely. We'll, we'll bring you back when, Playoffs, when uh, after the first round sweep. Yeah, and and we'll do the the debriefing of where it all went south for the overrated Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> John Cooper. Hey ho! Hit the road. Coop's gotta go. Hit the road, Coop. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just relax, guys. It'll be all right. Uh, but looking forward to talking to you guys again. And, and Craig still has a bet over my head on the Michigan Michigan State football game. I need to. I need football to, football season's right around the corner. Brother. I'm just gonna can, I'm gonna hold that for like three years and just keep you in, cash in, that. in cash in at, at the most at the most opportune time. Yeah. Well, it's no fun. We can't make Joe sing because he would be like, yeah, sure. What do you want me? Meatloaf? Yeah. Whatever. I'll do a 15-minute song. Whereas when Sean and I lose a bet and we sing, it's, a, you know, it's it's torture inter- for the audience. Like, it would incident. be like, Joe, did, sure. So I'm, I I don't know how to correctly, like, cash in on that in the most effective way. I'll think of something. I'm not easily embarrassed, so that's a good thing. So I know. know. Like, what do you do with somebody who's not easily embarrassed? Where well, I'm humiliated by right <laughs> <Daily>. now. I'm like, oh, let's wrap up this. Yeah. terrible. He's embarrassed by me every mm. week. Every oh, week. Gosh. Thanks for having All me, guys, right. though. Well, thanks, Joe. Thanks, brother. Yeah, it's always great. Thanks for doing this. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We're now thrilled to be joined by American, as we don't have to to stress that enough on this this podcast, Matthew Kachuk of the Calgary Flames. On a bit of a heater, holy cow, Sean and I were just talking about your line and how things have been going. And it's, uh, what was the point total for that line? Sean, do you know the number from Saturday night? Saturday? It was 11, 11, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, Matt, thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so, so let's just start there. I mean, it's clicking so well for you as much as we want to talk about the Oscars. So it's, it's, it's really clicking for you guys. Um, is there anything that's happening different or you, something that's you're seeing differently or why this is going the way it's going for the three of you right now, especially at straight? Yeah, I think that a lot of it, um, has to do with, you know, I this our first full year playing together, but we played the last say like eight to 10 games, maybe at the end of the year last year. So we kind of got familiar with each other a little bit last year. And um, this year we didn't play with each other at all in training camp. And then one of the last preseason games, you know, a couple, maybe there's a couple injuries or they just decided to put us together. 
Um, and like the chemistry was just back. It was just like, we didn't, you know, go away for the whole summer. So I think that's what started. And then this year we've pretty much for the majority of the year, except for maybe like five games have played together. And, uh, you know, it's gone, it's gone solid. And I think that we're taking advantage of, you know, like this an opportunity doesn't come by this much where um, we have a really great team and we just want to be a part of a, a great team here. And we know that, um, we have to provide a lot, not only offensively and defensively. I think that, you know, one of the, the cool numbers too is, you know, we're heavy plus players, which has been um, obviously helped our team and being on the, on the ice for more goals and goals against. So um, it's just a little bit of different, you know, we're all different players, but we are all similar mindset, all very smart players. So that, that makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, you guys, what, I know, I know Daryl broke you up for a little bit there last week and then you you end up, <laughs> combining for a goal after whatever first first shift you you've been back together for 30 minutes i mean that that is something we've seen from him uh, you know he know does it mean a lot for you guys to know that that's he can he can fall back to to, to you guys as a as, as a combination right like he can he can try to spread you guys throughout the lineup but there's always kind of that you know that anchor that that, that you guys that you guys provide yeah absolutely i know we we played awful against buffalo at home we lost one nothing um, and then, you know, going on the road, we've noticed, you know, like it's the other team gets their matchups or whatever. So, um, if we're able to, you know, play on separate lines, some shifts and together, some shifts, I think it, you know, can really, um, can really only help our team. So, um, I think that was kind of the mindset there was going on the road and splitting us up and trying to grit, you know, more throughout the whole lineup and, um, it obviously worked and, um, then, you know, played a few games at home, not together the whole game. And then. Um, you know, against Arizona, put us back in the second period, and you know we right. had a pretty good rest of the game. So, um, yeah, it, it honestly doesn't matter to me who I'm out there with, but um, playing with those guys for the majority of the year, it's definitely very comfortable. And we're gonna we're gonna end up talking about Johnny, I'm sure, but I wanted to ask about Elias Lindholm specifically. I think since February 1st, he's got I think it's 19 goals. I don't know if he don't, he might have scored like in the last in the last 15 minutes when when we're talking here, but like. He's, I feel like we're, we're watching the end of him as like an underappreciated player. Like, I feel like at the yeah. start of the season, he was a guy on that list who everybody always talked about is, you know, you, you look at his production and, and it's always there, but what he's done, especially over the last like six weeks has just been, it's impossible to, impossible to ignore. So what, what kind of player is yeah. he and, and why do you guys, why do you guys mesh so well? Cause the productions again, just crazy. Well, he's the guy that covers up not only the offense, but covers up for myself and Johnny a lot, um, allows us to, to, you know, think a little bit more on the other side, but, um, you know, as playing with him, you're never really in the D zone, which is great. He always has the puck. He always is, you know, wanting give and goes. He always finds a soft spot in the O zone. His shot is elite in the NHL right up there with some of the best. Um, and he's, he's scoring at will right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, put him, put the puck anywhere on a stick or anywhere around him. It's a good chance it's going in right now. But, um, to your point about being maybe underrated, I think, I don't know whether it's just, you know, maybe the market here in Calgary, but I've said this for a while. Like a lot of the guys are underrated on our team. I think Marky's an underappreciated goalie in the league. I think that Johnny's under, you know, underrated compared to some guys throughout the league. And I've, I've always said this about, um, a guy who I played with the majority of my career so far, Michael Backlund is a very yeah. underrated player as well. So um, maybe it's just the market, what it is, but I can go down the list. Pretty much most guys on the team, Andrew Mangiapane, you know, another guy. So um, I don't know. I don't really have the answer to that maybe it's just the market and uh -huh. 
East Coast people don't get to see us as much. I, I don't know. I mean, I thought you were going to throw yourself. I know. Let's go. I'm also I'm a little underrated, but you, <laughs> you're fine. The most underappreciated player of all is number, is, is, is number yeah, 19. You, mentioned, you said that there was a point, or, or you, you said that there's definitely a, I don't know if it's a sense of urgency or a feeling that you have something special that you want to capitalize as a group. Was that something you went into this year feeling as a group or was there like a point this year like, oh, hey, this is one of those teams? You know what I mean? Like, was there that kind of feeling that materialized? Yeah, well, I think I think last year was, you know, one of those years where very disappointing year and where we felt where we played way worse like than what we were. And then, you know, there's a lot of changes that were made and um, we came into this year and feeling really good about some of the pickups. And um, I, I think... But you don't really know, you know, what you have in the summer. And so, like, everyone says, you know, we have the best team ever in the summer. It um, doesn't matter until you come out there the first, you know, month or two or, you know, consistently throughout the first half of the year, I guess. Um, and we just kept getting better, better, and better. And, you know, we were a great road team at the start, which pretty much set up our first half of the year. And then, in the last three months, we've been a, a great home team, taking advantage of home ice where we had a lot of makeup games and basically our whole schedule the last little while has been at home. Uh, I don't I don't know. You just we've kind of got all all the makings of a good team and talking with guys that have been on, you know, winning teams and playoff teams. We have, you know, some of the the recipes that they had and you know, whether it's a great goal, great goalie or big heavy guys, just I don't know, hard team to play against and guys that have one so i don't know i think that we have a chance to do something special but um gotta gotta continue to play well because honestly at the end of the day we haven't even made playoffs yet so everyone's jumping the gun a little bit we got to do that first and then we can worry about that i mean this the start you guys had because i know there was that road trip too where you can well you won in pittsburgh and you won it and you won in you won in washington that was in october or, or whatever it was the start you guys had had to make it easier if it, if you look at if you look at the job that Bradtree Living had had to do like you guys stated your case early on that this is a team a team that's worth adding to right so you see you see him bringing into Foley and you see him bring bringing Yarn Croak I mean you guys have but you guys have been there you guys have been there from the from the jump kind of kind of proving it yeah we had one little dip there I think it was in the early part of January but for pretty much most of the season we've been pretty consistent and played pretty steady and kept improving and. Uh, we went on that big road trip and then we had another big road trip where we won pretty much all of them. So definitely our road schedule to start, you know, everyone could have looked at it and been like, Oh, as long as we, you know, somehow get through this, you know, and then, you know, we'll be fine. But for us to win that many games and take care of that really set ourselves up. And I've never really been a part of a good start in my career mm -hmm. here. This being my sixth year, we've never had a good start throughout the first 10 or 15 or 20 games always been like right around 500. So to put ourselves consistently, consistently in a playoff spot since that first road trip was, uh, uh, makes it a lot easier. You don't have to scoreboard watch starting in October, November. All right. If we eliminate your current line, I was thinking about this because you've been on some, some great teams like throughout your lifetime. What's the best line you've ever played on? Like, like in all, all yeah, my, whatever all you, my yeah, you can throw out whatever you like. You're like, nah, one, one game I played with, whatever. I'm going to, we'll, we'll do that. Well, I would say that, you know, there is a stretch, um, the beginning part of my career where myself, Michael Backlund and Michael Froelich played really well together. When I was in London, we had a pretty crazy line. 
Um, and then when I played at the U.S. team, we had a great line as well. So um, the U.S. team was with Matthews and Rosvik, and then yes. London, London was Marner and Dvorak. I don't know. It's a tough question. Um, I mean, it's a it's a tough choice for it's a tough choice for a reason. Like you've got, yeah. like, my God, you just like think think of the name yeah. you just rattled off. You're like Matthews and Marner. Yeah, I would say. I don't know, and it, it's it's probably too early to ask that. Maybe ask me All that right. in the summer yeah. because okay. uh, the first two guy, the first two names I listed are the first two lines we won. So <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they're at the top of the list just because we won the championship. So, um, but it's it's too early to answer that. Gotta gotta give me the rest of the season. We'll hopefully, give you, we'll give you some time. Yeah. Well, Sean and I were talking earlier today. So Sean Sean's from Pittsburgh. I'm from Detroit. You you know. We're, like I don't know if we appreciate the Battle of Alberta, maybe as much mm-hmm. as you you see it every day. Like how long definitely, does it take? Definitely, you guys don't. I'll, <laughs> we don't, I'll I don't like, we're like, we always hear about it. I'm like really, like I don't want. Come on, how big a deal is this really? Can you? How long did it take for you to realize how big? Like, did, are you there? Like, how long did it take you to go? Oh, hey, this is a big deal. Uh, I think that right when I was drafted by Calgary, um, I was telling stories about how. You know, Edmonton was going to pick me. They had my jersey mm. ready. And then when Dubois was drafted, they like ripped off my name and gave it to Puyarvi. And I was like telling that story and like, oh, you don't have to worry about that. Like now you have to hate, like now you hate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like right there, I was like, yeah, obviously. Like, a reason. Now, there's like, a, there's a, a great reason. <laughs> um, but uh, and then going to rookie camp or like the uh, Pen- yeah, Penticton rookie camp, whatever it yeah. was, we just played them and it was like a crazy game for being mm-hmm. like rookie camp, like intense fights, just, just hatred. And, uh, my first two games in the NHL were against them and they beat us pretty good, but it was their home opener. So the building was electric. Like it was their like new rink opener. Um, it was my first ever NHL game. That's right. That's right. And then, I mean, we've had goalie fights. You've had great games. There's star players in each team. I mean, the other night, the other Saturday, last, whatever it was when we played them, um, it was awesome. It really was the electricity and the crowd was the first fully sold out game here. And who, who knows how long. And, um, even just driving back to my place after the game, everybody was out in the city. Like you, I mean, it, it was the whole city was crazy. So, um, lots of fans from, there's a lot of fans that live in Calgary that are from Edmonton and vice versa. So you yeah. have, you know, fans of both places, but it's so close. It's a three hour drive. So it's yeah. probably, I can't I can't even compare like I would like to say Cardinals Cubs maybe rivalry but with way more hatred because I've been to a bunch of Cardinals Cubs games recently and or a handful and it's it's just yeah it's got to be up there for one of the greatest rivalries in sports and the fans are a huge part of it I mean you're talking about driving back to your place and people are going crazy I mean Part of that's part of that's because of you. I watched I watched the last two periods of that of that of that game. It was a blast. You 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 had your run in with Smitty. I mean, I, like that's that's what it's a that's what it's about. Like that's the sort of thing, you know. When we do hear about that rivalry, like it, we haven't. I mean, it, it takes both teams being good at the same time, right? And I, I think yeah. that's I think that's yeah. something that we're that we're that we're seeing now, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think like a weird a weird part too is most rivalries that are that intense don't really have players that like play for both teams or, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit different with ours. Like we have, we have Luch, like we had Cam Talbot, you know, they had 
James Neal, they, you know, Smitty, just like a bunch of like more guys than you'd think have played, you know, for both, which is kind of, kind of odd. And, um, uh, it just adds to it all. Yeah. Just, it's crazy. Uh, so, so that's why you had the opportunity to, you know, touch base with him and say, how you doing? And, you know, just, you're just, <laughs> yeah. you're just, you're just meeting up with an old teammate at the, at, at the goal line, right? That's all that was. Yeah. Not many words were said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. I know I know we got a tight schedule here, but we are going to have Brady on. So we always like to let people plant questions. We were doing this with Jack and Quinn. Any, any, anything um, you can prep us for in that conversation with Brady that could throw him off? Oh, man. Um, well, if, I'm trying to think of new stuff with Brady right now. I mean, I just bought a house. Maybe you can right. ask him how that okay. stuff's oh, going. Man. But no, we homeowner, homeowner Brady. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't have to live rent free off his brother anymore or his parents, so that's nice. Um, no, you guys can give him shit for you know finally being four years into the NHL and getting a place and not having to live with mom or dad. Yeah, take your time, Brady. Jeez, um, place. Yeah, I don't know. He's. I'm sure if you ask him, he'd have way more ammo than me. Yeah, uh, he's too nice. Of, he's too nice of a kid. Is that the dynamic? Too nice. right. So yeah, he's too nice of a kid. And plus, <laughs> the stuff if if I tell you to make fun of him, he'll actually take it to he'll heart. Get, he'll get mad. Oh, he's right. he's, oh, a, little, he's yeah. a little brother, man. That's he's how it works. He's a little he's little feelings. Too sensitive. He's a good kid, though. Um, no, it's uh, they're actually down in uh, they're down in Nashville right now. Um, it's my dad's 50th birthday today too. So Is there's it? Oh, a good bunch note. of uh them down like my parents and their friends and so and brady's staying over after the game tomorrow so i'm sure they're gonna have a, a nice little night to celebrate the 50th so would you get uh would you get big walt what, what are you gonna for his 50th he was just here for um he was actually just here for a week or week or so and he brought his brother my uncle um and it was his first time in calgary and when I tell you, there is not one person that loves coming to visit me more than my dad. He <laughs> absolutely loves it here. Um, we went to Banff one day. And he just it's a it's a week long party with him. So oh. I, I feel like a babysitter when he's here. I swear, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like the so, least shocking answer. Yeah, I can't, can't, yeah. Can't, can't believe it. He's having a good time with you guys. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I can't. I just think when he comes, he like feels you know like he's it's like it's like twenty. It's like tw- uh, it's like. A time machine going 25 back yeah. years for him, right? He's like, like okay, this is Jets how it works. Or back in the Arizona days when he was younger. So, yeah, he he loves it. Awesome. Wait, well, but, wait before we hold on a second, hold on a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right. I was trying before, to no, 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 wrap no, no, it up. Not, not yet. Last thing, last thing before you go. <laughs> Man, the Johnny for Heart train is is rolling. So, oh, so stump for him. Why does he, why does he deserve it? Because I think, I think he's in the process of, of, of scooping up a lot of votes over, over the last couple of weeks. I, I mean, it just, it shocks me that he isn't one of the, the V front runner or at mm-hmm. least one of the top two or three, four right now. Be. I mean, he has to be, if he's not, there's just something very, very wrong with the system. Um, and I, and at the end of the day, he doesn't, he could care less about it, right. but it just, it shows that he's having just probably one of the best seasons in flames history. And how much he means to our team, what he provides, um, you know, and it's, it's like we were talking about earlier. It's not just like the offense too. He's probably leading the league in plus minus and um, one of the best defensive forwards because he has the puck the whole time. He never has to play defense. I mean, Daryl calls um, him, Daryl calls him one of the best checkers on the team constantly, right? Like that's a line, that's yeah, a line, that's I mean, a line he uses all the time. It, he is. And he just, anytime you need a big goal or a big play, 
um, you know, he's, he's the one that's providing it. And he's, it's not like some of these other guys on other teams that are playing like 23, 24 minutes a night too. He's, um, I don't know. I just, I could sit here forever and talk about him and Lindy and the rest of the team and, you know, how many great, like Marky for best yeah. goal in the league. Like again, coming back to the Calgary mark, I just don't think people either watch or respect us enough, but we'll, we'll we like that. We'll try to prove people wrong. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Awesome. Appreciate All it, guys. Right. All right. Take care. Talk yeah, to you best of luck, man. Bye. Sean, I like that you, I like that you extended it. That was a good find, good way to get, I mean, you extended it, but you also knew you, you gave him, you, you threw him something that you knew he would want to expound on. I think that's a pro move. That is, that was very like You're like, all right, here, like give the elevator pitch for Johnny Gaudreau for MVP. I, I don't um, know yeah. if I would vote for him today necessarily, but we oh, are, now you, I we are getting... I, I didn't hear that as part of the question. We're getting close. That team's, that team's really fun to watch. They're really good. Who are you voting for? Jonathan Guberdeau or Johnny Goudreau? If you only have Wait, someone told me that Jonathan Guberdeau is a hard candidate, so he's off my ballot entirely. <laughs> Isn't that right? Uh, Brady Kachuk oh, as the little brother. That's like a that's like a teaser. That, like that was such a little tell. That was so telling to me. Like he, if it was you know reversed, Brady would have no issues given. But like Matthew's like he's sensitive. It's like I, I got to be like, careful. Uh, I got to be careful with what I that, with like what that I say. Dynamic. I, I forget. Yeah, there's a brother. There's a big brother, little brother dynamic here. It's great. Quite literally. No, we're gonna we're gonna make it a family affair. We're gonna have Brady. We're gonna have Walt. We're gonna we're gonna have Chantal on. It's gonna be a family affair. I would like to formally wish Keith Kachuk a happy fiftieth. Just text, sure just, just text, just text him or something. Someone. We know, I mean, we, I will, we all know, we all know what you're going to do as soon as we hang up here. Yeah, but like uh, publicly, like <laughs> publicly, publicly. I would like wish. him to know that I am wishing him. A happy I would not only will I, I will text him, but I will. I would like the world to know because <laughs> nobody's enjoying their fiftieth like like Keith Kachuk. That's a well earned fifty years. He can celebrate with. He can celebrate with Matthew on his next on his next trip to Calgary. That's great too. I love that. Man. <laughs> that was Walt, good. Walt showing up and and and, and ripping it up, ripping it up with Matthew, oh, uh, brother. Too good. Like, look, I don't want to harp on the fact that he's in Calgary and he's right. The, the nobody's out east is paying attention to the Calgary Flames. It's just too bad. Like the whole the, the Flames are a good story. Matthew Kachuk's a great story. He's a, he's a superstar. He, nobody like there's nobody plays exactly like Matthew Kachuk. I think that team is. I think that team is is potentially prime for a playoff run that gets a lot more people paying attention. Yeah. to them, especially down here, they're really good. They're no doubt the second best team in that conference, and I don't think it's particularly close between them and three. I think that's the, my cup. That's my cup winner. I think the go, gap. I think the gap between the Avs. In the Flames is smaller than the gap between the Flames and whoever you want to place at third, whether it's Min- okay. whether it's Minnesota or whoever else. And you got D- the Daryl Sutter. Like Daryl Sutter knows how to I, navigate his way through a postseason. <laughs> I mean, we're doing it again. I mean, we talked about it on the trade deadline wrap up and whatever. But I love what Brett what Bradtree Living did. They needed stuff. They needed a secondary scorer. They needed a versatile guy who could potentially play three C. They got both with Tafoli and Yarncroke. That's a that he did a really really good job. Well, let's wrap way too much. I, I feel like we should include the Calgary Flames. They're kind of an American team. I think because they have they got two, the two. two superstar Americans. I, I do want to. 
I don't want to exclude them from our, our show moving forward. And who are, do, and then you got you got Lindholm. He's Swedish. It's close enough. Not Canadian. Played played in Carolina. He's like he's like twenty five percent American. American. We can cut them out of our list. We'll just be like, you know, we won't talk about. The they're the only. <laughs> it's more that they're the only Canadian team that I have any interest in talking about. Because I, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to sit here and talk about the Maple Leafs. Nope. I don't want to do, you know, mid-season assessment of Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. I have. I have no interest nope. in that. I've never given a single whit of attention about the about the Winnipeg about the Winnipeg Jets. We can talk about the Flames. Mm-hmm. We're allowed. Okay. All right. Um, all right, let's take a quick break and then we've got the greatest segment in podcasts featuring iPhone comments, baby. Oh, the list is long. Too. Hell yes. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good work, everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, we will be right back. iPhone users, oh, assemble. <laughs> 28 comments, baby, for the first time in however many months iPhone users can, can comment. I just say mm-hmm. 28 comments doesn't sound like a lot. It is. But like, you know, a normal story might get 400. I, I hope people realize just how hard it is I, to find this specific episode and comment. 28 should, comments. I think people should realize how funny I find that specifically. It's, you, whoever, who, it's the, hilarious. those of you that left a comment, I'm just, God bless I you. couldn't be prouder. It's, this is like my, the, the thing that makes me happiest is that people jump through 6,000 yeah. hoops to get to this comment. None of the kids. And finally, they can do it. None of the kids have graduated from high school yet, but whenever that happens, <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have a lot to live up to. This is a happy day for Craig Custance. Oh, 28 comments. All right, number one, shout out to Josh Har because he... First in. He finished, well, he said, go iPhone users, finally able to comment. Josh says, Pierre mentioned the Pens needing to re-sign Malkin and Latang. This is on... This is in the comments for our episode with Pierre LeBron last week after the trade deadline. He was he was unbelievable. I mean, we all said it, right? Just like drop, dropping little nuggets, like at like taking shots at us, breaking little bits of interesting news. That's the it Pierre. Was, it was good. That's the Pierre experience. Is like he peppers in great little bits with like calling you an asshole or whatever. That's that's right, what it's right. like. If you want to know what it's like, hang out with Pierre LeBron. It was pretty pretty close. That was to it. The, that was it. Okay, Pierre mentioned the Pens needed to re-sign Malkin and Latang. Do you guys think they do it? Would they let mm. both walk if one decides to and then trade Crosby after? No. Oh, wow. Never. Sidney Crosby will, will, not be, will not be traded by the Pittsburgh Penguins unless he demands it. Uh, or do they find replacements and make one more run at it? I think they... That's a great question. Good question, Josh. I would be more concerned about Latang. I think he is still playing at a very high level and realizes he had, that he could potentially sign one more very long, very lucrative contract. So if it doesn't work out, I think that's, I think that's that would be the sticking point. But I ultimately do think that both those guys end up end up back around. And I think that what we've seen from them because of their play and because of the fact that Ron Hextall, notoriously conservative and cautious and whatever else, goes out and trades for. Ricard Raquel, I think we're going to see in some form or fashion, unless they unexpectedly lose two or three of Brian Rust and Crystal Tang and Evgeny Malkin, I think we're going to see another another run by them. So inevitably, it's going to end during mm-hmm. Sid's career. Like, there's no way they keep this going. Is there a? You're right. The only way they trade him is if Sid asks out. Is there a scenario where Sid says, "Hey, I do want to. I want a one last run with the cup with the fill in the blank." I think. Do it, you I, think Sid cares more about ending? all in one place or 
chasing a cup when he's. I think for as long as for as long as Malkin and Latang are in pocket, there I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that all that much. If it, I'm not worried about it. I wouldn't say I think, I'm worried about no, it. No, I you, I know listeners, you can't see this guy's. He's got <laughs> fear in his eyes right now. So scared. I don't think I don't think Sidney Crosby is being traded by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I never I never have. It's something that comes up once every eighteen months. I feel like where you know oh, him and Nathan McKinnon are friends and blah blah blah. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. Okay, Yardena, she's back. I remember her from the early from the early yes. episodes. For months now, I've been able to comment on podcast episodes. Every Tuesday, I tried my luck, but every Tuesday, I failed. No matter what I tried, the app would not post my comment. I suspected a Canadian conspiracy, which I think she was right to, frankly. Finally, though, the troll has once again agreed to let (laughs) iPhone users pass. All is well again in this dark and dusty corner of the athletic app. Can't wait for the next unprofessional interview from my two favorite slackers. Hashtag the Tuesday boys with three Z's. Oh, that's sweet. Now, first of all. This chronologically, she just heard our last unprofessional interview <laughs> which was with Matthew Kachuk I, I thought we were fairly professional in that one uh, yeah because we had to well we did a we did an uncommon amount of pre-show preparation as in we spoke to each other on the phone for 10 minutes about it before. so that's so Sean for you, the backstory there is Sean called me this never happens before an interview Sean calls me up and says hey let's talk this through this is I, and no, no, you know no, no, that no. meant to me that meant to me that Sean was worried that I was going to have no idea who Matthew <laughs> Kachuk was or has done and he was trying to avoid you me are not you are not far off from that you sent me a, you sent me a bunch of texts about okay. it and we're like hey what like what are we supposed to talk to Matthew about I don't I don't know him that well and that, that has never happened to me before i i just Shook. meant he's not you know there's some players like matt duchene yeah. we can just jump in and pick it back up i didn't mean i didn't know like that he was having a good year or whatever like no. I, i've, I've I, well, paid he's some like, attention he's you know he's a kachuk baby he's he's uh he, i mean him, him and brady they can be a little, little peppery I, I you gotta you gotta come correct on that on that stuff i think that's fine Carlos L., I've been shouting into the void that the Monday show was to blame for a month. <laughs> Glad to be back. Carlos blames Carlos our rivals, uh, Ian and Ian and Haley, which again, I don't think he's that far off. It's very possible. Good, great hashtag. Michael S., now that Carlos. iPhone users can finally come, and I'm sure the quality of this forum will only suffer more. I love you all. <laughs> My, Michael K. in there talking smack again, as he's wont to do. Kevin T, for as long as I've been listening, I've been wanting to ask you guys, what is wrong with you? Seriously, mm, what is question. wrong with you? It is not in any way difficult to find the comments on here. You make it seem like it's some sort of arduous journey that could not possibly be described by mere mortals. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. That's what he's mad about? Like, of all the things we do wrong in this podcast? I yeah. thought we used to be like, what is wrong with you? Why do you interrupt guests constantly? <laughs> Why do you not talk about hockey ever? <laughs> He thinks we over-exaggerate how hard it is. I think it's hard to... Sometimes you have to click like four times to play something. Oh, it's awful. A true odyssey. I often need a drink and a nap afterwards, much like when I listen to the show. Seriously, what's wrong with you? Love the show. That's what what Kevin T says. Kevin, I don't know if you realize this, buddy, but we're dumb. It's tough for us. It's tough for us to make it to the the, uh, episode page. We're not smart men. The the amount of work producer Jeff does in the back background to put this all together he knows like 
from the ad reads to the guests, he's just like, show up at this time. Here's how I didn't even have my mic on for the Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's oh, how yeah, bad. By the way, guys. He's like, hey, and he's, <laughs> he goes, Craig, hey, look, look, if it's not too much trouble, um, you are a professional podcaster. Do you think you could turn your microphone on, please? Turn the mic on so it's not the laptop <laughs> mic doing all the work. Kevin. Thomas oh. W. In my hypothetical world, I like to think Vegas traded their playoff hopes for iPhone users to comment. <laughs> I'll tell happened. you what, they traded it for something because they're in deep, deep, deep doo-doo. What do you give as trade grades? Thomas gives iPhone users an A minus and mm-hmm. Vegas a C plus, which I think I w- I, I'm, I'm hoping. This is amazing. I'm this, hoping that that is ever. Thomas realizing that I wrote <laughs> 25 trade grades or however many it was. My go-to format, winners get an A minus, losers get a C plus. I probably gave out those two specific grades a half dozen That's, different times. I hope he, I hope Thomas is like, I hope Sean just like I hope that's what he did there. That I'm gonna give him credit. We're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt there. Shauna M. Yes, now I can finally ask a question for the Michigan boy. Let's see, see. Why do Detroit Red Wings fans sing the beginning of Don't Stop Believing? He's leaving South Detroit. Is there is this their fans uh is this their fans hope that they'll once again be power that they'll once again be powerhouses? And look, we know that we know that there is no South Detroit. I know it's Windsor. Whatever. What's the question? So why do they sing that song? Yeah, don't stop believing. Why is that? A, why is it, that it a is. thing in general? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Whether he's leaving, I think. Like, and I know, like, whether, I think, like South again, South. Everyone likes to say like there is no South Detroit, no South Detroit. Detroit. but like technically there is. Like there's if you have a city, there's a southern part of a city. Uh, yeah. I've never understood. Like I get Windsor south of Detroit, but people aren't like there's no South Pittsburgh. That's Georgia or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a weird. Like, there's a southern part of Detroit. Would there not be like whatever south of the city center? That's one of those things that people realized. I feel like ten years ago, and now constantly. constantly. I mean, it's cool to say that. I get it. I just think at some point they were like it's whoever was running the Joe Lewis Arena music was like, hey, Detroit's in they the say song. Detroit. It's that simple. They say Detroit. I, I, that, that would be my guess because it's like they, you know, they, they do that. And then that they play it. And, and here's what happened because I was at, I've been to six million games at, at Joe Louis Arena. Whatever order of songs they decided one day in like 1998, mm-hmm. they just stuck with. Like they, it was never up to, I could tell you at what point we were in the second period based on what song was being played. And I, if you're a Red Wings season ticket holder, you know this, you're like, oh, I, I'm singing along. Oh, this is the TV timeout. Uh, <laughs> in the, they just didn't. And then, and then they, they largely brought it over to Little Caesars. So, and so then fans being awesome, just made it into, they're like, hey, this is always played at this point. We're going to sing real loud. They're like, there's various songs that Red Wings fans sing and they, when the music stops, they keep it going into the play and it's fun. And, and that's, I don't think it was by design though. Don't I don't think some, some, some pro, you know, music programmer was like, hmm, maybe if we conclude the third, whatever. People don't pay attention to lyrics. So, so you, you hear South Detroit and it's, they could, it could, the last, the way, the way those lyrics are, are sung in the in the chord progression that's under them, you could literally be saying like Steve Perry could be saying South Detroit is a hellhole after that, and people wouldn't people <laughs> wouldn't people wouldn't pay attention to it because he just said right, it in it's the like first born place. in the USA. That's exa- like, yeah, that is exactly that is USA, exactly what I was going to say. This is this is Ronald Reagan trying to co op Born in the USA or who, whatever. Any any I mean, really, lots and lots of Republican politicians have tried to, have tried to co op that song, and Bruce Springsteen is always like, uh, no. 
clearly not paying attention to the overall the overall motif. Michael K is back. He says hi, Sparty. Back after a one week hiatus. He says he knows that we bypass all his comments. That's obviously not true. There's been weeks where he's been the Michael only. Michael K, we don't. That's not true. Never would do such a thing. If Vegas is the one who did wrong, should they be punished? He's asking about the Dadanov trade. Now, if it's Ottawa who didn't give info to the NHL and Vegas, should they be punished? I mean, we're, we're, nobody's getting punished. The punishment was the trade getting voided, and they want that to disappear. I think that's where we are. How right about now. the punishment being the league is humiliated that they're run by fax machines and there's no centralized trade requirement or trade clause? Like, is are we at a point where cap friendly is has more information than central registry? Is that is that what's happening here? I there's so many different. Like, why is this not centralized? I I mean, in Pierre after after this episode did a I mean he wrote a couple of different things about the fallout from that from that catastrophe. And it's classic NHL GM bullshit, right? Where it's like they don't want anybody on anybody else on earth to know who is on the no trade list because they don't want to hurt other people's feelings and they like whatever. It's like it's this mindset that, you know, still pops up in, in weird in weird spots like that. So the fact that the league didn't know that is just I mean, completely unforgivable. But again, you know, just another just another day in the life. This is not something that happens in other leagues. This is not something you see in other <laughs> at trade deadlines and in, in other in, in other North American professional leagues. Like, can you? I, I know I feel like I say this a lot, but can you imagine in the NFL if like the Patriots and the Cowboys made a trade, and then they were like, "Oops, this is not." There's a scrap of paper from a previous thing. This is not a trade in being Knicks because of a failed physical or. Right. You know, something something unforeseen like that. This is just straight up incompetence by it. It really seems like three separate parties. You can blame the league and you can blame the senators and you can probably blame the Vegas Golden Knights to, to, to some extent, because maybe if they would have called Evgeny Dadnov's agent before they traded him, they would have known that he had that he had a no a no trade clause. I don't know about that one. Why? I mean, do you confirm every no trade clause list you have on your? I mean, maybe you should. Now I would, but maybe you give you. You think it's crazy for that for them that on trade deadline day to to give whoever the agent was like a, a heads up beforehand, yeah. but before before this before the shit gets processed, and the, and he mm-hmm. says like, oh, whoops, actually you can't do that. They do that with other. I'm gonna they, ask for forgiveness later, guys. Sean, I would yeah. Have. I mean, Vegas, Vegas clearly is too. <laughs> Vegas tried, and, that, and, and that's the thing. I love that saying. Like, it's better to it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask permission. But sometimes people aren't gonna forgive you. <laughs> that's that's something to that's something to remember. William T. Oh, I like this one. Mm-hmm. Pierre marched straight into the American show and established his alpha dominance on absolutely, both of you. Absolutely did. I mean, in the intro, told us to like f off or whatever, whatever he said. He definitely swore at us. I can't, I can't remember what it was. What you guys couldn't see is he he took a giant piss <laughs> on, <laughs> on our rugs. I've seen that in person too. <laughs> and just said, "All right, I'm here, boys. Let me take over this podcast." Yeah, there was no. I, I think we were deferential. I'm the captain now, boys. Scotty. I don't. I've just been dealing with it my entire life with Pierre. Like that's uh, we just slotted into place. Oh man, I, I my my first Pierre experience was like a lot. I, I was definitely like little brother tagging along with you, and he was like, "Who the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Sean, can you hang out with us? Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, um, Michael K. This is this is not <laughs> this Michael K. Do- a dominant performance out of Michael. This K. is this, this is a really good one. How come when Sean and Haley work together, it goes great, but the second Craig or Ian shows up, it devolves into a throwing shade onto each other thing. I really think this is a Craig versus Ian thing. What do you think, Sean? That's absolute. Michael K. You couldn't be more correct. Oh God, it's <laughs> Craig and Ian. Oh, go I ahead. tell you, oh, Craig yes. and Ian. Super mean dudes. They've hated each other for years. This is just. This is just that. This is. This is. Uh, just I'm going to keep more, it moving. That's not true at all. Um, I feel like this is devolving. We're going to get criticized, like we did about the Twitter Whatever. bracket, because we're enjoying this sincerely, yeah, yeah, and I'm having a great we're time not, here. We're not allowed. And users are like, well, you guys are talking about like your friendships with other employees too much here. Carmela. Now that iPhones are accepted, no, I no longer have to tweet at Sean and Craig for my thoughts. Mentioning Ryan Kessler made me think of one of my favorite Americans, Brian Rafalski. Mm. Specific shout out to mm. his 2010 Olympic performance. I'm completely on board with everything Carmela said here right now. Yes. Is he one of the most underrated American hockey players and who else makes that list? I love oh, that. Great question. I love that. And Carmela, I think you may have given us our next topic for our Apple Podcast Premium show. Do we do the yeah. do we do the underrated American Mount Rushmore? American Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Yes. I, I think, think we, so. That can go into our summer um our summer list. So I will say a couple things here first. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just put put off this whole comment till later. Um Brian Rafalski was nobody remembers it. well I mean Carmela does mm-hmm. but everyone like if you think back to that tournament that you, you you think of Ryan Miller right mm-hmm. and everyone's like oh Ryan Miller carried that team which he did but Brian Rafalski was unbelievable in that tournament unbelievable so I think when I think of Brian Rafalski I think of that I also think of him just like leaving with a year left on his Unreal. contract I'm I'm done like leaving real money on the table and just being while like, he was still peace. very good yeah. Like he was, he still had, he could have signed another contract after that. Yeah. Right? I, like, such I think an underrated. Probably screwed an, over the Red Wings yeah. on some level. They never really, like, I think they signed Ian White or something. Oh, man. They, they had to scramble a bit to, I, I'm, I'm sure that's not what happened, but the replacements it, there for was a some version were. of them having to scramble and it didn't work out. And then uh, they haven't been good for years. Oh, so he's, he's underrated. I'm not putting it all on Brian Rafalski. He's underrated in general. Like just not just an underrated an underrated player. He was so well, important. I, I think part of it is um, because he has no interest in like he disappeared. So there was years after he left. I'm like, that's such a good story. Mm-hmm. He went down to Florida or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to find Brian Rafalski and we're going to talk about just walking away from millions. And that's a it's a really good human interest story. And I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And just Brian is not. He's just he's done with it and he's living with his family and he's living his private life. And so. That's why you don't hear from him or about him unless Carmela brings him up. That's ba- the only time I hear about Brian Rafalski is from Carmela, typically. Carmela, you can leave a Brian Rafalski comment once a week. <laughs> um, I think that Phil Housley is kind of underrated. And I, and I was thinking about this. Oh, wow. I think I, I was thinking about this because we've had to do – we're working on a – big project involving <laughs> involving lots uh, involving evaluating the careers of a lot of different players um and man he he really was the guy's the guy's really one of the best he was one of the best defensemen in the, in the league for, in the league for a decade and i think he was sort of i don't know if it was because he played at the same time as chelios or whatever i think that i think that probably had something to do with it but um he feels he feels kind of kind of underrated to me 
Well, we just need two more spots then. We'll find some whatever. That, that's that's what we're doing in. That's coming up in the Apple Podcast Hell bonus episode. Yes. Um, if they're a Muppet Athletic movie, who would play you two? Gonzo, we well, God, wait, we've talked about this and, and had to, and had to eliminate our answers in the past. <laughs> who would play you two? Gonzo and Rizzo, Kermit and Fozzie. Is Dom played? Is Dom played by Doctor Bunsen Honeydew? Yes. I I mean Dom might be Beaker. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Gonzo and Rizzo kind of makes sense for us. Yeah. My my probably my two least favorite. If we're being oh, that's honest. complete bullshit. Muppets. Gonzo's Rizzo's really obnoxious, and Gonzo has a big nose. <laughs> Based on your comments from last week. Have either of you seen Torts' pregame speech at a game one of the, of the playoffs against Tampa? No, but we're going to watch it. Yeah. We need Torts on. I know Torts is like, I'm trying to lay low. I'm not doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's, on, only, he's only on TV. Come on. Lay low. I'm going to lay low by going in front of millions of people. and Yeah, and having to sit there and watch an RC car with a plate of chicken parm on top of it wheeled out once a week. That's, that seems like that's part of his gig. We need, we need, to, get, we need to get Torts on at some point. I would yeah. love. Um, I'm gonna, I know he's listening right now. So, John, let's back. just. Can we just do this? Yeah. I don't know if I would even say anything. I would love to just watch, like, I need, like, a solid good 20 minutes between you and Torts. I think that's what needs to happen. That'd be fun. I want to read Morgan D's. Okay. Um, thanks for the Doc Emmerich love. Oh, so if you go back and listen at the end, we talk about nobody worked a dressing room like Doc Emmerich, and mm-hmm. it's true. So good. Just a pro. It was truly a privilege to have him call Devil's Games for as long as he did. He would always find time for fans at the arena and really was just as good as you can be to anyone who came up to talk to him. True. He needs to be on our list of people to talk to. Since the topic of officiating has been brought up at the GM's meetings, and since us Devils fans don't have a beat writer at The Athletic to put this in a mailbag, um, Shana, by the way, is doing a great job covering the Devils, but I understand, Morgan. I am going to throw this out here. It is super weird for Devils fans to have an offensive player of the caliber of Jack Hughes. The interesting thing is that the Jersey oh. fan base now gets to experience how great offensive players are just manning. This is a no great. This is a great comment. I haven't thought of that. That's amazing. Yeah, they, Devils fans for years have probably been on the other side of this. Where now they have a superstar who we basically catapulted to superstar. Mm, personally, like, nobody believed in nope, Jack Hughes nope, with Sean nope, and I. Nope. Nobody. I saw the Devils Twitter account was tweeting out like. Uh, a bunch of uh, old tweets that said how he was a bust and acting like they believed. I think the Devil's Twitter account actually started to doubt at one point. Absolutely. Whether or not Jack Hughes was He's star, already I, not I, us. I, I, I use this tweet in the power rings, but I'll, I'll use it again. He's at 0.7 points per game for his career again. Or not again, already. After again. after a pretty slow start. And that is like star, that's like star level production already. He's he's there. It happened. And this is all because we interviewed him and he immediately separated his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but we gave him a, we pumped him up. Mm-hmm. I was at the Devils game. Sent, I, I'm just going to jump to the to the question. Um, the style of officiating has to be dictated from the league office, right, Craig? Of what? Not letting star players be star players. It's more of just it's more of just an overall mindset. I don't think there's any like there's I, there's never like a, you know an edict that comes down where they say don't call interference. And Morgan, you I mean again. How long did you watch Ken Danico, right? Like, you know, you know, you, you know, you know, you know the drill. come on, this is payback for you personally, but yeah, it's not, you don't have, there doesn't need to be an edict from the league because it's just in the water. It's part of the NHL's DNA at this point. You don't have to tell yep. them to do anything because 
all the systems are already in place and the track record is in place for them to just do it without being asked. So the flip side to that is when, so I agree. I don't think that there's some conspiracy theory where they're like, hey, let, let people do whatever they want to Jack use. But and if there is, here's, say, here's what I'll say. And if there is, we're going to find you. <laughs> and we're going to get you. Yeah, we, we will put an end to that. <laughs> but when are we going to get to a point, especially in the playoffs, where you're going to say, let let the stars be stars. You can't touch Connor McDavid, or we're going to call a penalty. Never. That's what. Like we need the flip side. We don't need the. I don't think there's a grand conspiracy theory, but I do think there's years and years and years of history and DNA that has to be overcome with Gary saying sending out a memo that says we need to be more star star driven in our when, when we're on the biggest stage because right now we're the opposite <laughs> this is not and this is not an email that comes out in october this is not something they give no. a shit about for 3 weeks and then go back to the way they were calling games in nope. you know 1995 1997 or or whatever it needs to be a playoff thing and i have no confidence <laughs> and no belief that it will ever happen not not in our lifetimes buddy I mean, it would have happened already. Like if they, if they believed it, it was an important <laughs> like, thing to do. What, it would have happened. Like, like this, what, what would have to happen for them to do it? Like we've seen them. Uh, Sidney Crosby went through his whole his entire career doing it or mm-hmm. dealing with it. Connor McDavid is is now is now dealing with it. They don't. It's not a priority. If it was, they would have fixed it. Maybe maybe it takes somebody at ESPN or somebody saying, "Hey, you know, it would be a good idea." You know, we we spent a bunch of money here and I don't want some team that's just beating up our best players and trapping or doing whatever, winning the Stanley Cup. Like the New Jersey. The can New we Jersey make this a little bit more? Inter- yeah. Yeah. That is, there's a bit of irony in the question. I love, I mean, I love right, it. We can Morgan, wrap up. Morgan, we're so, we're so, yeah, we're way over time. Th- thank you guys. Thank you. Or thank, thank all you folks for, uh, gosh, for, for posting comments. We say it, we say it, we're saying it again. We say it every week. Yeah, thank you. It was a good batch today. iPhone users can can roll. So come hang out and help us do our jobs because it is so easy to just sit here and BS based on stuff you guys write and just without any kind of prep work or forethought. I want to thank Joe Smith and Matthew Kachuk for joining the podcast and for Pete with the Flames for setting it up, for producer Jeff for doing all of the hard work that goes into actually putting good guests on the show because you know Sean and I aren't going to help oh, them. No. We are not pitching lazy, in on that Lazy, front. lazy, man. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> um, Bill Daly and Elliot Friedman. Mike Russo is down at the GM meetings right now and so he is. he's going to have some good – I'm sure he's squirreling away great God. stuff too. He's going to have some good stuff. Uh, Bill, Bill and Elliot will be joining Mike Russo. Maybe Mike can ask Bill, when is he going to send that memo? I think that's – I'm going to plant that question. Here's a here's a comment from Craig C. Hey, yeah, Craig C. asks Michael. I have a great question for you. Make sure that you're following us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a rating and review if you like us. Five stars Please. only. Five stars. Four star five stuff star. out here. Yeah, don't bother if it's a four star. That actually hurts <laughs> my feelings. <laughs> Makes Describe me sick. the athletic. <laughs> Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network, including our future Mount Rushmore of underrated American players. This week, Ian Mendez and Down Goes Brown, who, who I wonder if he has a name, that? provide the bonus content. Start with a 30-day free trial, then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, this is the best deal you'll ever hear. 
you can get an annual subscription to The Athletic for just $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. And uh, I mean, can't beat that deal. Max Boltman is joining Sean next week because I am taking a week hiatus to go to Harry Potter World. At oh, is that Universal is Studios? That, is that where you're going? In Florida, yeah, in Florida, or, or uh, California? No, I, don't I don't know. I mean, how many details do you want to give out? Where, want my, where, where are you staying? What address? What's your social security number, bro? <sighs> I live on. Would you call Pierre's address? One one two two Boogie Woogie Avenue. Whirly Way. One one two two Boogie Woogie Avenue. So Max, finally, Max Baltman, some some putting him to work. Finally, doing some good work. Bum. Um, oh, and we got Russo and LeBron on the uh, Athletic Hockey Show tomorrow with Julian and Civi and Jesse. So just all kinds of stuff on the Athletic Hockey Show. Packed house on on, 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 on Wednesday. Great stuff. Love it. Goodbye, Craig. Thanks everybody. Goodbye, Sean. Thanks everyone who showed up. Thanks for the great comments. Love you all. To all a good night. (laughs) 